This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. WWE has its most profitable year ever. Steve Cutler and Lars Sullivan are no longer employed by WWE, and we say goodbye to Butch Reed. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. With me, as always, Chris Novembrino, and as always, producing Bobo the Wonder Monkey. Chris, I had, I had, a, my, I think possibly my first senior moment that wasn't on Shake Them Ropes. Where I'm trying yeah, to normally you save them about. for on-air experiences yeah, for just to really reason, yeah. n- nail the show down. <laughs> Oh, I'm just talking about someone. Oh, the guy, Trent, Trent seven. Yes. Him. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to reference a movie. I'm trying to reference to- total recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I can't remember the name total recall. And, and the person I'm talking to goes, Oh, my husband would, would know that movie. He knows all that old person stuff. <laughs> oh man. I had a, I was teaching my student this week and she she said a couple of things that inadvertently cut me like a knife. Uh, you know, I'm trying to expose my young pupil to the history of guitar music all the way from like the mid 20th century, like Chuck Berry and Elvis and you know, all, all that stuff on through. And we're into the 70s. <laughs> Did you ever see Chuck Berry live when he was in his prime, Chris? No, no. You know what she told me is <laughs> this is this is an album I'd actually listened to. Uh, the, uh, I gave her Nick Drake this week, and she's like, "I might actually listen to this. I, I might actually add this to my collection." I was like, "Oh, that hurts." I, I, now, granted, like, you know, she's like Jimi Hendrix, and she liked Iggy and the Stooges, and oh, Black Sabbath, and, and a wide range of other bands too. But you know, sometimes I give her bands that I I don't think are necessarily going to land, like the Talking Heads. I don't think necessarily hit at home. Um, I almost gave her. This is the album I've been vibing on this week, Hawkins. Uh, McCartney Two. Uh, are you familiar with this album at all? Have you ever heard McCartney Two? What's the track list? Or what? So would it's I like know the, the kind of the two big songs on it are coming up, and uh, oh, then yeah, yeah. also, and then also, Temporary Secretary would be the other big one. You sent me the video for Coming Up. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. I- not a so, fan of McCartney's solo work, to be honest with you. So, so here's why I like this one as compared to the other albums. Because I, I, I know your problem with it. I get it. Um, I think most of his solo albums are overproduced um, by the standards of the day. But even like you go, you go back and listen to this, just like I, I think some of the some of the early Wings stuff is cool, but it kind of meanders. Like they're not like. It, you know, Band on the Run's a really good example where it's like three songs that are mishmashed together, and it's like not a song. It's like a series of kind of interesting riffs, but not necessarily a coherent song. Uh, there's a lot of that with Par- McCartney. But McCartney, too, is cool, and this is why I recommend it. Uh, he made this because he was done doing Wings. Like He explicitly didn't want any of the members of Wings really involved in this album. Um, he went to his studio um, in, I think he lived in Scotland at the time, and... 
brought like a bunch of synthesizers and stuff. And the result is like McCartney doing all the tracks on the album, kind of like on his first solo album, which is just entitled McCartney. Uh, and he's doing all the tracks, but he's messing around with synthesizers and stuff. And you get, it's just a, it's a really interesting experimental album from Paul McCartney. Uh, and there was no like original intention of releasing it widely. They did obviously. Um, but that's why like, you know, that, that coming up is, is weird. Like he's playing around with tape speed on that. That's how he gets his vocal on that temporary secretary has this like unrelenting synthesizer riff that glitches. Um, the glitch thing's really weird. It's and like he plays into it, like it it totally works. Um, but it's it's a it's it, it's probably my favorite Paul McCartney solo album. Um, and I I I've had that same experience as you had, where uh, I just never have really gotten much out of most of his solo albums outside of uh, his first solo album that he put out in '70. I got one for my mom, and then she never opened the cassette. So <laughs> never pipes a piece, I think it was. But anyway, uh, hmm, I may check it out later. No, let's, check uh, it let's out. Talk, yeah. Let's talk some graps here. It's what the people come for. Uh, you say uh, that, but they they like our banter. They they like <laughs> our, our the the French call it repartee. Jeff, talk about hot pockets like Joe and Rich. Oh, they that's their lane. <laughs> uh, let let's uh let's pour one out here for Butch Reed. Rest in peace to him. Passed away a couple days ago, age of 66 with a heart condition. I, Butch Reed is a guy who, when I was watching, it's very weird because my first exposure to him was WWF, unfortunately. Not his great stuff in Florida and Mid-South, which I will circle back on, but as the natural Butch Reed with the with the blonde hair and doing kind of a strongman gimmick, never really got above mid-card other than the one Hogan match, I believe, for Saturday night's main event. Uh, then came to WCW and meandered a little bit until he became part of a great tag team, one of my favorite tag teams called Doom, as part of the Robin Green slash woman Steiner Brothers feud. I I was in from the moment they debuted. The thunderous bass line of Bob Seger's strut playing. This nerdy girl with the who became just this gorgeous creature called woman walking down with with uh with butch reed and ron simmons obviously but they were in masks kind of doing the uh heel killer bees gimmick i was here for this and then later in their career when they unmasked they became even better as a team doing feuds with like the rock and roll express and the horsemen you want to watch a great match watch uh horsemen versus and the horsemen in this case is uh anderson and Wyndham versus Doom in a street fight for Halloween Havoc 90. Uh, after they broke up, if you want to see another Haas match, I recommend Doom versus Bam Bam Bigelow and Big Van Vader from New Japan. That is that is some beefy, nice. beefy stuff yeah. right there. That's fun. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, but really, when I, when I started getting all this historical stuff on DVD compilations and stuff, this is what really lured me into the greatness of butch reed is his mid-south run in starting i believe 83 to about 86 he did a little bit of time in world class before also jumping to the wwf but he is great as a baby face he was great as a heel the angle where buddy landell and look this is racially insensitive 80s wrestling at times 
So you have Buddy Landell selling Butch Reed to Skandar Akbar for a Rolex. It's a fantastic angle, uh, it, but it you know it is uncomfortable by today's standards. I will give it that. But that's what's so weird about Butch Reed's career is they played so heavily into the race, and like they like Butch Reed had a feud with Junkyard Dog. He's he's in hoss matches in in Mid South too. There's a dog collar chain match with. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer. He's fighting Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the Battle of the Hacksaws because his nickname was Hacksaw Butch Reed for a while there. Legitimate tough guy. Former college All-American for NAIA, I believe. Played for the Kansas City Chiefs for a short time. Was doing rodeo before he got into wrestling and continued to do it while he was in wrestling. Doing, you know, that steer tackling from from horses and stuff. Dude is an interesting promo. Guy is probably underrated vastly because he he's not he's a he was a great worker in the mid eighties. If you want to seek it out, there's a there's a Ric Flair world title match when Flair was going to all the territories, nineteen eighty five from New Orleans. That's just spectacular. There's apparently matches that were taped that have been lost to the sands of time, but you know. One of those, you know, lived in the age of the power guys, but also the legit tough guys. So Bill Watts loved him. That's why he brought him back into WCW as well. Uh, but man, I, I went back and I've watched, I'm going to be watching some Doom this weekend as well. And probably some of the early Mid-South stuff. But uh, I got to track down any... that Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow I have match. a link. I will give it to you. Yeah, it's, on, yeah, no. it's on Daily Motion. It's on Daily Motion. That sounds, so, that yeah. sounds like a hoot. I, I, I enjoy Man, I love I love the wrestling of that vintage dude. Uh, they 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 work stiff. They work snug. It it's very interesting though when you talk about the racial insensitivity. And I'm going to get into this just a little bit. Sure, because it matters for Butch Reed. It matters for Ron Simmons and their history. He teamed with Rufus R. Jones for a short time and then turned on him to be managed by his son Slick. And I had forgotten Slick was Rufus R. Jones's son for a long, long time. But you know. Like, we talked last week when Hank Aaron died that he was responsible for getting Bill Watts fired due to racially insensitive comments. And the weird thing about Bill Watts is he loved pushing African-American stars because that was his base in the South. But there's also the complicated legacy that you're not sure if Bill Watts really was supportive of African-Americans or if he was just pandering to his audience. Yeah, 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 if if it was a cynical thing. Because Watts is also the guy who made the call to put the belt on Ron Simmons in WCW. Right. And so so you so I always, you know, I look at that with a tinge of, you know, uh, people like to brag on Watts a lot. I it's very complicated. I understand the criticism okay, so of like Bill Watts. Okay, so like going back to the the putting the belt on Ron Simmons thing cuz they didn't keep it there. They didn't keep right. it on Ron Simmons. Uh, so, you know, I I I mean I I, well, I Watts always was, Watts, well, Watts was gone, number one. Number two, they didn't set him up with great challengers. Like, I remember... My understanding, though, is that they the did <laughs> they did the belt drop from Vader on to Simmons because Vader was injured. I it was sort so. of, I, think I right thought it was that. an out-of-necessity thing. It was not an attempt to make history thing. No, but it was an attempt to make a new star to see what they had with him. You know, and they, and they, they never let him really... I mean, he wasn't a great promo at that time either i think he was in the business for three years at that point and i'm not gonna make excuses for it i mean they did they you know it it wasn't a successful run but also wcw wasn't exactly raking in the cash at that time either 
it, it's just it's it's always interesting to kind of look back and i i do wonder if watts was more of a cynical yeah let's give those people a champion type of thing but you know he had he had junkyard dog at on the top at mid-south he had poke aware for a while he had butch reed he had thunderbolt patterson he had ernie ladd as a major draw in mid-south so you know, just for you kids who are growing up in these times just realize these times people are complicated it's not it's not cut and dry and speaking of which a few a few personnel changes in the wwe this week there's a segue lars sullivan gone from the roster uh doesn't know if he'll be back in an interview with fightful or at least a statement to fightful was very contrite about his prior actions did not play the blame game at all took full responsibility for them just said he had he had his mental health issues had caught up with him again he's getting nervous he was doubting himself and he just wasn't sure he wanted to be a wrestler anymore and hey you know uh again complex situation here with me because the same guy who doxed Lars Sullivan is the same guy who came after me at one point uh but yeah I uh I just I don't mean, know how I feel about the oh my anxiety is flaring up that's why I'm leaving the six-figure job or the five-figure job I suppose in this case or but he's a main roster guy like isn't that that does I don't know man I, I mean my like it, it's just wild speculation but it just it and then feels he kind like, of and they made fun of people with anxiety at one point to kind right, of play it I, off. So, something uh, it, it it lacks the ring of truth is what I'm gonna say Okay. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I kind of empathize because it's one of those things where it's like, it's easy to be a performer in a small venue when you're not thinking about how many people have eyeballs on you. And then you get on national television and it's like, Hey, remember millions of people are going to be watching you. And if you screw up, your career is over and you start spinning in your head a bit. I can, I can, I can understand that. There's no excuse for the comments he made in his past. No, I'm no, hoping it's, it's he's, not that I'm hoping either. he's grown up, but I'm hoping he's grown up since. I, I'm hoping that. I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't heard anything about that. I haven't asked about. That. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I don't know. Um, I, I hope he has grown up too. Obviously, just like for for his own benefit. Uh, I just, I have a hard time, especially considering they're running in the Thunderdome and they're not in front of people. Like, if you had anxiety, it's never going to be less anxiety driving than right now in this particular era. Yeah, no, I would agree. But also remember who's directing you and producing you. Well, that's never going to change. Uh, right. I, you know, uh, I mean, either. well, yeah, it's not going to change compared for a while. To NXT, compared to NXT where this did not flare up because I mean, he handled crowds there. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was just that. Maybe it's just, Oh, the big boss is here and I can't handle that. I mean, that's, that's perfectly rational explanation. Uh, also gone from the roster, Steve Cutler. This is this is an interesting one because it goes back to the rant I had a couple weeks ago. You know, <laughs> don't go to parties. Don't have parties. Don't, don't, look, <laughs> socially diff, this is still a thing. And when you combine it, because I talked to a few people who, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle of all these stories. Roman Reigns, remember, has an issue with his immune system. If you are hanging out at parties where people might not be symptomatic but might have tested positive and you show up to TV, 
you're putting the money guy at risk. And while it might not be fair that others at that party also tested positive eventually, guess what? Show business ain't fair. Stars get, depending on your worth, you get treated a lot differently. The extras don't get as much leeway as the main stars, I'm sorry to say. I will leave it as vague as that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think there <laughs> are high-profile figures, uh, particularly children of uh, former wrestlers and former members of the company who receive a different level of treatment than people like Steve Cutler and uh, people like Wesley Blake. And, yeah, I, I think Cutler getting released, yeah, it, I mean, if it's around this, I, you know, it, it is what I think it, it is. Be forgiven ev- I think it can be forgiven eventually. Also, yeah. I do. Because yeah. I like... I think there was an opportunity with Cutler that they blew. And I think I said this back in his NXT days. Look, Steve Cutler was a Marine, I believe. Their best partnership is with the USO. It really Why is. Not? It's it's their Why strongest <laughs> and longest running. I mean, they've been yeah. they've been doing it since the Iraq war was a thing. Yeah. I mean, between Cutler and Lacey Evans, for God's sake, all that bad hooju you had with with Sergeant Slaughter becoming an Iraqi sympathizer <laughs> during the war and with this partnership and look, nobody is more apple pie, American flag waving, 4th of July firework type of wholesome Norman Rockwell type of imagery than Vince McMahon and the WWE. Why not lean into that? When they brought Lacey back, I thought this is the reboot where they're going to make her because she was a Marine and she was military police and you can, and she's a mom and you can go with all that. And she's blonde and she's athletic and you can make her a star. Kind of the same thing with Cutler. I thought here's a clean cut dude who just, he never had wrestling experience. He had some athletic background, went to train, put his work ethic to use. Wasn't exactly a star when he got signed by the, by at the performance center. Worked hard, caught some eyes for his work ethic, moved up the chain a bit, got the call to the main roster. It's a great story. Tell it. Yeah, I thought Cutler was a good, solid, steady hand. Uh, This is a company who largely has had their performance center system be a bit of a punchline, including by members of our own network. I don't like live in a cave all the time. Uh, I come out of the cave at least once or twice a month to get groceries. Uh, and, and to see so- your shadow. Did you see your shadow this week, Chris? I, I, I did. And I think that means winter is going to go on for uh, several more years. No, it means it means eight more weeks of pointing at a sign and saying it's WrestleMania season. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, I, no, I, I'm aware that, like, there are knocks on the Performance Center. I'm bringing all of that up because I think Cutler is more or less a success story. Like, I, obviously, you know, it's weird to talk about with him being let go, but, like, he became a steady hand. And, and by, from your version of events here, like, he had no experience prior to joining the company. Like they, well, no, you know, no, 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 no. He, he, tra- he trained at the, uh, at the Monster Factory in Jersey. For a couple years and did indies in that area and then got picked up. Okay. I, I didn't mean to imply that. He wasn't, uh, I believe Lacey Evans didn't have any wrestling experience when she got picked up. She just kind of came to a tryout because she was, she was, a, she was a, uh, oh, she was, 
She was doing some other athletic activity, and the WWE got her on her radar. But okay, uh, sure, sure. All right, well, you know, I kind of you know, stole my thunder there, but like, uh, I, I mean, like, it, no, no, it's fine because the, the, I, I, here I can, I can tighten up the point then, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm not worried about it really. So, but the point is that. <laughs> Cutler didn't have a ton of experience before coming into WWE system and WWE did make him, you know, a, a competent, if not an amazing wrestler. Yeah. Uh, as was widely expected, even with the pandemic reading here from the wrestling observer, the increase in tele- television revenue led to the WWE's most successful year financially in history with 974,207,000 in revenue and 131,000 or 131,892,000 in profits. The first time the company has ever topped 100 million in profits given or during a given year. Uh, the profit margin would have been higher, but there was money spent from a contract in 2019 regarding leasing a new headquarters, a loss of 4.4 million from an equity investment, and normalized profits would have been 141 million six hundred thousand. Uh, the fourth quarter numbers, though, fell shy of predictions. The consensus among analysts was 254 or 245.04 million in revenue. 25 million in profits, but the actual figures were 238.2 and 13.6 million in profits. The decline in profits from expectations was largely due to increasing the costs of producing Raw and SmackDown and moving it to the Thunderdome setup. Now, I listened to this Q4 conference call and it, I'm never listening to one again. I've 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 learned my lesson I, finally. Yeah, I, I, I had to stop about a couple of years ago. Like they they they're they're just so silly. We're so socially active. Look at the celebrities yeah. who mention yeah. us on TV. I go, none of this has to do with revenue, you fools. But they do that every time. And yet, I still dial in occasionally to listen to this dumb, sh- this dumb shtick. Uh, Chris, you had, uh, you had an interesting rant before the show about the, about the loss of, uh, or about the fourth quarter uh, numbers. Please, continue. So, you, you know, it's great that, WWE had good fourth quarter numbers, uh, so you might expect that to be reflected in their stock price. Uh, That's not happening at all. Uh, So WWE on February 1st here, their stock price is valued at $57. Um, Upon this hot, awesome, wonderful fourth quarter news, their stock price drops down to $49 a share, like just like straight down. Um, They still have, you know, they've got some issues when it comes to long-term debt uh, that are, they're still um, on on the horizon. And, to, you know, what you brought up before, um, they did dip in revenue. It wasn't like, I mean, it, it was a fair amount of dipping in revenue um, over, off of expectations. Uh, Get so, to the Thunderdome part. That was the part I wanted. <laughs> oh, the part of the, on the Thunderdome. Like, what is the Thunderdome adding to this show? <laughs> What, what, what is, I have not seen a person yet. And granted, I don't spend all my time on Twitter uh, going through what does the average WWE fan say about the product these days. I, my brain hurts enough on a regular basis from other topics. But uh, it, I have not seen anyone yet go, wow, the Thunderdome's really made this thing a hell of a lot better than when they just had regular people like regular extras from the company standing out behind the uh, glass and smacking the glass. Like the Thunderdome, Thunderdome is just a waste of lights, if you ask me. It makes it too bright. And much yes. rather than them in a dark arena with the noise piped in. And let me imagine there are people there. I And that, the other problem, too, is it's forcing them into 
wider camera shots. And that's going to get me into another thing I've got to rant about when we get into Rumble, which is, holy hell, Jeff, the camera work on WWE television and pay-per-view events right now is abysmal. And I try not to beat up on the little guy. Um, And in a lot of cases, the guys in the production team are the little guy. But the directing and the editing on these shots is abysmal. And the camera work all throughout the Royal Rumble. Missed spot after missed spot after missed spot. And then, yes, to your point, going back to the Thunderdome here. The Thunderdome, it's like they feel obliged to capture for us the experience of people on a video delay acting shocked and awed in sync um and and i think what the thunderdome has done I, I i've got thoughts on this i think what the thunderdome has done along with the canned audience and stuff has made wwe feel more fake than ever like we all know wrestling is fake but when daniel bryan comes out and a crowd of nobody starts roariously cheering yes 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 like uh, I, I mean and then you see like the little pixelated fans in the background there I, it just the end result is is a more fake feeling product um for a show that already had a problem of feeling a little too glossy i'm convinced it's full sale students who are doing the camera production work i yeah it, it's dreadful i the one thing that did catch my ear during the the call was they were concerned. Are you concerned about the drop in the number of eyeballs that are watching the product? And of course, no, because that'll all clear up after the pandemic. And of course, this peacock thing will bring in, will hopefully bring in new viewers who have never experienced our WWE product before. If they just, just like, get <laughs> eyes on the product, Jeff, I've been saying this. People don't know what wrestling is and if they just can find out about wrestling this baby we're back we're coming back oh we're back to know it is to love it oh but here we are chris we're 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 nitpicking (laughs) and here's vince with his big old scrooge mcduck bolt of cash that he's swimming in telling us to suck it so what do we know uh Former University of Central Florida football player Parker Boudreaux has officially signed a WWE developmental deal, according to Dave Meltzer in this week's Observer Newsletter. Paul Heyman, big on him. He is baby Brock, if you see a picture of him. He uh, took a photo of him in front of, I guess, a barbecue pit of some kind or something. There were flames coming up. But he and Eva Marie, I guess, were watching the Rumble. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, He's 20. If he has any kind of charisma whatsoever, he is going to be protected from on high. If he has any wrestling acumen, he's going to be huge. I think he's 6'4". He he checks all the boxes, as they say. I am intrigued, Chris. I will just put it that way. He's tall and he plays football, is is what I understand checks all the boxes to mean. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, look, Brock, Brock had legit wrestling skills. So to compare him to Brock Lesnar, let's slow down, kids. Slow down. Um, Cesaro has re-signed with the WWE, disappointing quite a few of the hardcore fans who was hoping he'd jump. His deal was originally going to be after Mania. Keep in mind, his longtime girlfriend is a trainer at the Performance Center. And hey, you know, this is, this is Cesaro going into, what, his second decade with the company? This is, uh, this is the retirement 401k contract? Yeah, I have, yeah. I have no issue 
see, we as wrestling fans complain we're not going to get legendary matches that you'll talk about for maybe a week or two, given how much product is out there right now. But the guys who have been through this go, where's the money, baby? And they just, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura wants to surf and live in a tax-free state. I am happy to oblige him with that, even though I will fondly remember his New Japan five-star matches. I am a little different in this way. Other people get mad at me for saying such things, Chris. Yeah, I, I am fine with Cesaro choosing to stay with WWE. I would like him to go to AEW. If you look at the AEW roster right now, some of the problems at the top of the card, there's just... I can slot in my head Cesaro into their programming and see him having great matches against Cody, see him having great matches against John Moxley, see him having great matches against Kenny Omega even. Uh, I could see him going there and doing great work. And I would love to see him better utilized. However, he's got to do what's best for his wallet. Uh, He knows that there's... He knows that he needs to maximize his earning potential. He's coming up on 40, um, which... Uh, I think he's past 40. I think he's I think he's right there, maybe. Yeah, right I, no, so I, I was... He's, either, he, he's right on the cusp of it. I don't think he's past it yet, but he, yeah, no, he's coming up on it for sure. He's, um, he's, uh, he's exactly 40. He turned oh, 40 in uh, late, late December. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, so, like, you know, he's, he's got to do what's best for him. Um, you know, and I, I think that this is great. Uh, stay with WWE as, as long as you can get paid. He's having fun matches right now on SmackDown. He's part of the Daniel Bryan Vanity Federation. It looks like they've got, you know, a bit of a platform and he will have the occasional very good mid card match, uh, with some frequency for here on out. And, you know, if his schedule continues to be kind of low impact as like this last one has been, uh, you know, he can always go and do AEW in a few years. Yeah, I mean, he look at what Kazarian is, and Daniels are doing. He is the ultimate body guy to me. Yeah, that dude's a workout machine. Look Works at Goldust. Like safe. Goldust was having dope matches in his like late forties. Yeah, and he's he's not having bad matches now. So. You know, the, the nutrition and exercise and DDP yoga and everything else will keep you. Look, if Chris Jericho is still out there doing whatever it is he's doing right now, Cesaro will be fine. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, uh, Austin Theory. <laughs> Austin Theory I, I want to touch or, it and I don't even know how to build I on know. it. Ooh, 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 that's a hot stove. Right? Ooh, I, 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 I want to build on it, though. No. No, he must move on. Okay. Austin Theory mark, uh, is apparently marked for another main roster run. Vince the body guy, obviously. I don't know. I mean, I like Austin Theory a lot. I think he has a certain unique charisma. I think he gets up there and he's, again, we're, we're talking main event with Umberto and Angel Garza within three weeks. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. He's, unless he has he's, a manager or unless you figure out something to do with oh, the guy. Oh, a manager. Yeah, no, Vince loves managers. Uh, that's going to work good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I, de- I deserve that one. I so deserve that one. I, I just, oh, it's, not even, it's not even at you. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you're right. He would, he'd be great if he had a manager. Vince will never uh, do that, and we know that. Jeez, 
what, what the hell happened to me? I, I all of a sudden I become optimistic wrestling man. You know, if he had a wrestler, they just or a manager, they just used him correctly. Yeah, no, if, the they, if they just what had the a twelve week sustaining arc, it'd be a hell of a story. I've been doing this show for like six years, and I, I can't believe that happened to me just now. I am. It's time for the home. What the hell's wrong with you, Hawkins? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's like a different type of senior moment is what that is. It's like, it's like you forgot about the conventions of wrestling. I got so old and cynical. I became optimistic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They say when you get old, you get young again. Maybe that's what's happening here. You got that youthful hope thing coming back. Well, hey, Edge won the Royal Rumble at my age. I can, no, I can't. You can do it. Yeah, I think so. No, no. Sasha Sasha Banks is going to be the honorary starter at the Daytona 500. Once again, giving Sasha a chance to slip into a jumpsuit. I have no problems with this. (laughs) (laughs) AEW, 844,000. NXT, 610,000. AEW, third on the night. NXT, 51st. And the forbidden door is open now. At least the beginnings of a relationship between New Japan and AEW is now public. AEW allowing Jon Moxley to work California tapings and his opponent, Kenta, debuting this past Wednesday on Dynamite. That means we also have a kind of working relationship with Impact, with the Good Brothers having a verbal deal to go to Japan when the pandemic's over. We have them with the tournament, working with a couple of Japanese women's promotions. Ah, is AEW the tide that rises all ships, Chris? Ah, I think that this relationship is generative for both sides uh i you know when i'm saying both sides it's all all of the promotions that are involved with aew uh, i i will say that i think some of the smaller promotions particularly like the really small ones that you sent me that i was like what the heck is this promotion um to you? <laughs> like, like i've never heard of this was it they run out of joe's garage somewhere um, part part of the Voices of Wrestling Network, you can probably hear a show based on that small uh, women's Japanese promotion. But yes, continue. Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, I'm I'm like I I've never heard of these promotions, so I the relationship with AEW I think is helpful for them because they're putting them on my radar. Uh, I think for AEW's part, bringing in Kenta freshens up their roster and so i think what this does is it augments roster depth issues that aew has seemed to have from time to time um it like and i like not even roster depth issues but not having people at the right tiers um and not having the right like level of profile of star or whatever for for where their needs are at a specific time um, so I don't know, I'd say rising tide raises all ships here, but I think AEW, if you're going to kind of juxtapose yourself to WWE, WWE does this like thing where they're like on an Island. If AEW is the hub for all of the other independent wrestling promotions, I think that's probably good for AEW. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think it's good it's getting a hardcore fans hopes up for a Kota Ibushi arrival. I think that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants Kota and Kenny in AEW. We'll see. This has been interesting because Kenny has worked an impact pay-per-view. You know, private party is now getting time on impact. It's just, there's a lot of intertwined parts here. And this one's new because Harold mage was really the guy 
kind of putting his foot down saying, we're going to make new Japan America and do touring. And then that kind of fizzled due to, you know, just inept logistics and passport issues and things of that nature. So yeah, I, I'm interested. I'm going to, I'm on wait and see mode here. Uh, so ice cold takes on the Royal rumble. Let's do this. Uh, Starting from the undercard, I loved the Owens-Reigns last man standing match until the end, which fell into the problem of shooting it live because the handcuff key entry was or was on the other side and they had to improvise a little bit. But overall, I loved the brutality of the match. It was pretty much what I expected. Kevin Owens is going to jump from a high place and crash and eventually get screwed. Uh, Carmella, I think... Uh, <laughs> God, I felt bad for her during that match. Just planted, face planted right oh on that. Oh my god. That, for that a while. bump. Oh, that Woo. that bump. Like, oh. <laughs> that was I know exactly what you're speaking of. Oh man, I'm surprised she's not in worse shape off of that. She uh, Dude, but I, yeah. I made a I made a strong point. I said I like her better than Nikki Bella. And I do. I, I think uh, she worked. I mean, she. It's. It wasn't a bad match. It wasn't like the last match. I think but it was she's still not a bad wrestler, and she's a yeah. superior gimmick. Like I. Yes. I think she's she's a good personality, and she's good enough in the ring to get by. Like she's a good heel champion. She really is. And she really has fun playing a heel. That's yeah, the she thing does. I enjoy watching her do. Is is her acting is a little shaded by people, but. She loves chewing scenery as a heel. And I, I kind of dig that. Uh, as for the rumbles, uh, <laughs> the women, Bianca's a brave call. For all the criticism we give of WWE, having Bianca and Rhea as the last two, especially when Charlotte was there, and I went, <sighs> oh God, if they had put Charlotte over these two, there's going to be a mutiny. But Bianca's a brave call to put it on someone who. They haven't really fleshed out her character other than she's the EST. And unfortunately, I've got to bring it into SmackDown tonight. That Sasha, that Sasha, uh, Bianca stare down was bad. Oh, it was uh, so the weirdest part was bringing out Sammy Mollier and, uh, <laughs> Carmella. And then Sammy's cutting a promo on Bianca and Sasha. And like th- they're trying Let, to let's s- call him let's call him Cirque du Sommelier. How about that? Yeah, he's I, a Cirque du Soleil guy. Yeah, uh, there's any number <laughs> of puns you can do with this guy, but like, yeah. So you know, Sammy's cutting he's cutting his promo, and and I guess we're trying to get over some new gimmick between him and Carmelo, where like Sammy is hot to trot and kind of like over gets over his skis, um, but that ended up taking over the whole scene when it was supposed to be about Bianca and Sasha. And then I thought Bianca whipping Sammy didn't actually, like, it didn't do anything for her. It was just silly. It didn't like, do anything for her. The Sasha part of the promo, <coughs> I thought, it's hard when you've just turned her baby face to heal her up against Bianca, which you kind of have to do. But they've decided to go the confident, cocky route, and that's not working for her. Because her, I didn't, let's put it this way. I didn't believe what Sasha was telling. I think Sasha would be contrite and congratulatory, but still protective of her spot. And 
I just didn't get that. I got this more as this was this was heel Sasha who was with Bailey, not not confident Sasha who has now overcome all her demons. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. It it's not great. It's not great so far. On the men's half, and I didn't particularly love either of these rumbles to be honest with you. I liked the beginning of the women's rumble and the end of the women's rumble, but in between, there was some stuff in there that was just. Not good. The men's rumble. Edge got to take a nice long nap. <laughs> uh, they did the they did the obvious tease with Randy Orton getting injured early and then coming back. All right, so Reggie gets gets thrown out for catching Carmella, which thank God he did for once. Almost can stand out there and eliminate people and not get thrown. I, I out. also think it's like ridiculous that like he gets thrown out. Why does Reggie get thrown out when like, there's this long legacy of like people on the outside of the ring helping other people. He wasn't interfering. He was just catching the person that he seconded. Yeah. I believe Kobe uh... Kingston has found his way back to the ring. (laughs) Vis-a-vis the shoulders of members of the new day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, We want consistency. I know it's, BS. They did it first story, but <laughs> I know it's God, the rules no, I... of professional wrestling or whatever. But like, it is. It's... No, there are no rules. That's the problem. Is that they have these rules and then they never enforce. Like you have referees all around this ring who can see this giant seven foot guy getting people out of the ring, and then oh, well, he got eliminated. Who <laughs> goes him to the back? Oh, you're a referee. You have some some standing there. You know, throw out the seven foot guy. Let the other people go back in. I, you know, I love just... how the announce team has been like absolutely hypnotized by Carlito's physique. It's like they have never seen a physically <laughs> fit human being in their life. That is and... Vince. That is Vince in their ear going, I can't believe this pudgy guy got in shape at yes. his age. Yeah, it, no, uh, it, 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 it's the weird. It's the weirdest thing though. And they're like, talk, I'm like, and he like he is in good shape, but they're saying it. To, to to such a degree that you're almost like, okay, yeah, he's in good shape, but, like, this is wrestling. Most people Is are. he on the gas? Is he on the gas? That's yeah. what I gotta have it, because it's like, what's in those apples and the long, uncomfortable silence? Yes. I, I, I well, well, okay, because when they said that, the answer is juice, right? Apple <laughs> juice? Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, so Edge is your winner. Uh, my only other note here, I forgot to say during the women's rumble thing, Dakota Kai des- deserves so much better. <laughs> she comes out to the rumble every year, gets in there, gets just destroyed, getting thrown out, and then is sent back to NXT to take more lickings. It's like, come on, man. Throw her uh, I was right about Christian. You gotta give me that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Victory lap time for you. Yeah. That's yeah. Like Christian and Edge. I didn't I expect see... it to be that important of a beat in the match, but when Christian came out, I was like, ah, hey, I was right for, for a change. I was shocked because I didn't think he'd ever be clear. And, you know, maybe it was just for the Battle Royal because, you know, I'd love to see another run, but I don't want to see him to be part of this edge angle. Uh, I, I'm i moving on to the main roster shows now. Yeah, let's move and on. What edges, and what Edge's win did was it basically... <laughs> Because I am still convinced Sheamus was supposed to win this stupid thing. And then Sheamus just turns like a they, like it's they, nothing. It was the weirdest thing. It, uh, it's 
I, I get why you think Sheamus is supposed to win it. I My read on this <laughs> is that things got screwed up because of Goldberg. And, like, the, the Goldberg program uh, was just sort of, like, dropped in the middle of what was a long-form Sheamus storyline. And they don't know really how to get that back on track. And the yeah, one time they was- care about narrative consistency, it has to, of course, be involving a Sheamus angle. This 20-year friendship that Shea, of course, everybody knows Sheamus is going to turn. You want to know how you know? Because he's turned on everybody else. He's he's the modern-day Orndorff. Of course he turned on him. Well, they, With they, no yeah, rhyme or reason. There, there are other the tells, too. They're, when they're pi- piping in the audience stuff, you know, they, they choose Crowder, <laughs> cheer or boo, and they were hitting boo for several weeks into this supposed babyface turn. So, yeah. Push can, that boo button more. Push it. Push, push it. <laughs> Mix the boo and the cheer button. He's a tweener. Oh, nothing on Raw floated my boat pretty much. So, uh, <laughs> and I have this huge note here from SmackDown. I really want to say. Okay, go for it. Go. Dumb I- who's dumb idea? And <laughs> this is, of course, a rhetorical question because I know exactly whose dumb idea this was. To put on Hulk Hogan during Black History Month recounting the slam of Andre the Giant from 23 years, or 1990. Who cares, number one? I guess that's for the demo. But the optics of that, especially, especially plugging it right before we see Big E talking about a Harriet Tubman quote. What? Man, man, that Harriet Tubman quote package uh, is, is, it's not the best thing I've ever seen. It's what they do. <laughs> every year, you know, it's time to bring Titus O'Neil back. I guess, to say maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe times have changed and kind of like, I don't know, you and I talk about this in other contexts. We have issues with like corporate culture and the way, like I, I call it like corporate. We're cautious. a family. No yeah. Like, there's up. a number of like weird, like corporate culture things or like, you know, we, we stand in support or, you know, we're changing our, background placard to black and just this very surface level sort of thing and yeah wwe's packages i i I would rather they i'd rather they not do it because every time like they do like an american history remembrance thing it always just feels like it feels like someone skipped a few classes of history i agree uh i i liked the triple threat for the intercontinental title i did too i thought that was fun uh, SmackDown but, continues to be a pretty watchable show, largely. To me, and I'm going to have a lot of disagreement on this from a younger generation. You're kind of going to be in between there. This take that Big E thinks he's doing on his character isn't helping him. To me. What about you? Yeah, I. it's missing me. It, it, it is. Yeah. It, it's. I don't. I don't even know what the right word is for my reaction to the Big I, E characters. It's not like I don't get it. It's that I don't I don't connect with it. Because I don't like him. I don't hate him because of it. But like there's like a <laughs> it's so me, let, let, let it's me explain. Stilted. Let me explain. Stilted. Yeah. Stilted's the word I'm looking for. Okay. Cause for me, it's playing it so over the top and so for the big laughs and for the over exaggeration of it that he's not dialed in enough on the purpose of the prompt. So he's 
looking to pop Kayla, I think, there. I mean, I still I like him more than you do, I think. But Wait, it's I, just... I, why, why do you say that? I, I don't you know. I like Big E. Okay. No, it, I it think like you didn't. No, I, I think he's a good wrestler. I, I, I think that this recent gimmick, particularly like, you know, you're talking about the Kayla interaction. I was thinking more about like his interactions with other wrestlers right now. He does like this. Yeah. Like, it's the same thing that the guys uh, from, uh, oh, now I'm having a Jeff moment. The Cup Brothers, the, the two dudes with the cups. Street Profits. Um, the, cup, <laughs> the, the, the Cup Brothers. Uh, yeah, the like, Cup Brothers. <laughs> uh, the two guys with the cups. So, like, they do the same thing where it's like, ha 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 it's like I'm angry, but I'm going to mask all my anger at, with, like, laughing and, like, weird jokey things. There have been times where the Cup Brothers and Big E have interacted, and they've also been, like, laughing at each other. And, like, I get what's going on there, but it's also, like, I don't connect with it. Yeah. I And I, I just don't think, yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird... It's a weird mugging type of comedy yeah. thing where you're not connected to the scene and... From an acting perspective, I'm watching this and I'm going, I understand he's trying to play a big character here, but he's never really, you know, it's almost. Here's the I other mean, problem. He's being dis- okay, it's, go ahead. You can't play off of that character. Yes, because he's always going to overwhelm you and you can't and you can't get him to change his demeanor because he's not affected by anything you're telling him. Th- that's so the other problem I have with always- the laughing thing is it's like, yeah. It's like a weird way of no selling things emotionally, which exactly no, that's it, it. And and that's not how wrestling works. Like the whole point around wrestling and wrestling promos is you always sell emotion. Uh, like yes. like it, it, w- w- unless you can come up with some reason not to, like a very specific plot necessitating reason why it's not emotionally no, registering. That's the pr- no, that's no, no. That's my problem with WWE promos is it's all the exposition. Here's the plot. Last Sunday at Royal Rumble, I threw out 29 other men, and now I'm going to point at the sign, and I'm going to WrestleMania, but what person will I choose? There's no emotion in that whatsoever. And 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 that's the problem. And this is the opposite of that. This is, well, actually, no, it's the, it's the flip side of that coin, so to speak. It's, it's I'm going to be disaffected by any emotion kind of thing and not play into, oh, Sammy's mad at me? Ha ha ha, I don't care. Yeah, I no, I, I just it it it's not great. I I and I like Biggie, so I I don't I I I don't want it to come off. I don't want Hawkins to get away with starting more vicious rumors about me. Um, <laughs> as we know, through the years, I've been the victim of many a conspiracy and vicious rumor from Jeffrey Hawkins. Uh, I don't need another one. It's twenty twenty one. I'm trying to turn the page. Uh, Aunt Pam update. I. I liked that very short Ruby Riot <laughs> women's strong style match, I guess you would call it, with working on the arm and and getting a snake eyes and Aunt Pam yelling, I'm strong as hell. Pop me. Here's my fear. I will I will let you I'll let you chime in as soon as I, as, as soon as I finish this thought. I am afraid that this is setting up Bailey and Billy Kay. As a tag team for the multi-woman schmaz match for the tag team titles in which the Riot Squad win. I I guess you're right to be concerned about that. I am 
looking forward to the shtick between Bailey and Billy. That is going to be great. Yes. Because if we're not going to treat Bailey as the queen, workhorse, best of the best champion that she is, she's fantastic. I'll play her for laughs a bit as long as she has some... Well, especially Standing, while you, you so. got this Bianca push thing going on right now. You need to get Bailey out of the way. So, like, I I, I, yeah. I get why you have to do that. I think that uh, Billy Kay and Bailey has a lot of comedic potential because Bailey is very quick on her feet. And Billy Kay is very funny. They they are they are very funny people. Uh, I they think- are, but ba- Bailey has a corpsing problem. And that's uh, I, no, I, 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 Billy is very, Billy, very Billy's funny. Billy's gonna Billy's gonna break her a bunch. Uh, that uh, yes, yeah. I, <laughs> it, I you know like look, dude. I I just no, no you've no I, you've talked me into the you've talked me. Into I think it they're now. just now I they're so it. funny. I I Billy Kay is a, a very. I don't really say funny isn't money at all at all of that, but I, I no, but she, Bailey playing angry straight person to Billy. Yes, where she's yes. trying to be super serious and keep this thing. Even though you know she's going to lose it at some point because Bailey's adorable and I love her to death. And when she's on Talking Smack, she comes on super serious and Paul breaks her or melts her every time if you watch her her facial expressions. And, then oh, she and, and if we get Haven interacting with Bailey and Billy. So, oh, like, like, my God. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, there's just, like, I, I yeah, no, I, I'm fine with it. I, I think this, this is a, a good use of comedy in wrestling. Because um, it's serving the purpose of we need to spotlight Bianca's push, and, and, and if it's going to be about Bianca and Sasha, it's got to be, and Bailey's got to be out of the conversation. And more importantly, they really they have Bianca get past Bailey um, in the setup to Bianca winning the Royal Rumble. So like Bailey does need to be kind of downcycled for the moment, and and this is a this is a tremendous opportunity for her to do something that I think uh, will will. Steal the show in its own little slot. Here's my other concern, is that you usually don't have the two WrestleMania winners on the same brand, and the rumor right now is Edge and Roman is going to be the match. So I think either Bianca gets moved to Raw and facing whoever's there, either Asuka or Charlotte, given that that schmoz with the tag team titles and then losing it. I think eventually Charlotte's going to be the Raw champion. I just don't know because I also don't know what brand Rhea Ripley is going to be on because they had they I thought she'd debut on either Monday or Friday and she didn't. But I hope so, Bianca Belair gets to have a WrestleMania match against Alexa Bliss because uh, these these that, fiend, well, that's the these other fiend thing. matches are just fantastic, aren't they? Is because if there's going to be a match that is changed from what you think it's going to be, it's going to be the Bianca Belair and they're going to play musical chairs with a belt somewhere. And she's the new girl. She needs this. She needs it. Uh, she needs. She needs to be kept strong. And my worry is they're going to be so lackadaisical about it, which is what I mean. My concern is that well, Vince absolutely loves this Alexa Bliss shit that he's doing. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, because, you know, people are like, why do they keep doing this? I, you know, I, I get listeners who ask me this. There's only one answer every week, guys. It, it's because Vince loves this. I, I don't. I don't see it. This stuff's horrible. But uh, I. I mean, you can't keep doing the amount that he's doing the Alexa Bliss stuff right now. It seems like she's destined to get the belt. Yeah, and it feels like Bianca might be 
that kind of opponent for her. You know, tall, big, strong, throw Alexa like a rag doll. Yeah, I'm just a little worried. I'm a little concerned, let's put it that way. <laughs> I, also, I also get a little triggered by EST because in the 70s, <laughs> because I've watched a lot of 70s movies and TVs, and EST stands for Earhart Seminars Training, which uh, I don't know if you're aware of these things. This is kind of the new wave, uh, unleash your inner potential Scientology type thing. This later became the Landmark Forum, which was the cult that I almost became a part of. So it's one of those things right now your EST. I'm like, oh, oh, no, not that. All right. Have I told you this? I have not got the cult story. Give us the cult story. Okay. No, I had a friend who I was, I was doing short form improv still, I believe. Or no, this was, I think I had, uh, it was a friend from improv. He calls me one day at my new job, relatively new job. I still don't have a car yet. But I'm working downtown. He goes, Jeff, if you came down to see something wonderful, would you show up with no questions asked? It's okay, fine. Because he's my, you know, because he's, he's a close friend. He's not just some guy I know. He's a close friend. So I, I take the blue line down to this thing called the Landmark Forum. And it's this unleash your inner potential, blah, blah, blah. They're graduating tonight. And then eventually they go, okay, we're going to take all the friends into another room while we have our final graduation exercise or whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. This is new age hippie crap. I can't, I'm not buying into it. But we go into this room and we all sit in these rows of chairs and the weirdest thing happened. Every other person turned to the right and they were a member of this landmark forum and and they were in there infiltrating with all the guests. And, oh, Jeff, don't you want to, you know, the soft sell of don't you want to, you know, unleash what your mind has and aren't you depressed and kind of disappointed in what's happening with your life right now? So, so I signed up for an introductory thing. I didn't, couldn't afford it at the time. And then, and then I never went and I never called them back and stuff. I, I, I basically signed up for a cult to get them off my back. <laughs> it's just like, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> So, so it's the one thing away here is you were, you were too stingy for them to let you into the cult. <laughs> no, 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 no. I signed up and then I never showed up and I never answered their phone calls and I never. Well, you didn't you pay know, them the is... money either. That's I mean, they were. They oh, no, I did. I did oh. pay them the money. Oh, jeez. I paid them the money for the introductory class. And then I said, well, let's just call that a tax on stupid me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Between that and there being a notable Scientology critic named Jeff Hawkins who lives in Los Angeles. I have a lot of interaction with cults that I don't want. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they, they sometimes follow <laughs> the wrong Jeff Hawkins. Yes, they do. Um, Hasn't happened in a while, but it did happen at one time. Anything else from the main roster? Um, <clears throat> A lot of edge. A lot of edge. Uh, a lot of edge. A lot of edge. Uh, it, 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 he's not... He's, he's a good promo, but, man... What edge? And uh, did you want to comment on what you commented about, or no? On uh, oh oh yes okay sure so edge um I actually thought that he looked great when he first came back I know this is gonna because people were like oh he looks old I don't mind that he looks old I I don't think he who I don't care when Edge comes back and he's got gray hair. 
the guy's almost 50. He has kids. Like, we, we know. Hold on, he's my age. We're 40. Okay, never mind. He's close to 50. Go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's close to yeah, he's. Yeah, he's close to 50. Like, yeah, I, I mean, like, I expect him to have some gray hairs at this point. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, since Royal Rumble, uh, he, lo- he looked, you know, he, he looked his age. Uh, he's did, been doing the dyeing of the hair. They, they, they've been trying to pressure him to youthen up somehow or uh, youthen up uh, in different ways. It looks like uh, now he went and had a round of Botox here over the last week or so. It looks, <laughs> it, it is incredible. You're talking about better living through chemistry. It is incredible how they were able to roll back the years. Um, I, I know, <laughs> I know. To some people, he still looks old, but I, I, I'm looking at him and still seeing like when he first came back, when he looked his age, which again, I really want to stress here, is fine, and I actually would have no problem and or slightly prefer him, like old and rugged. I like that. I, I don't think that, that there's anything wrong with that. I think it totally works for him. Um, but I'm just, I, I, my observation is, uh, boy, his face is so smooth in just a week. Let's move to AEW. Uh, interesting things happening there. Uh, we're going to have a tournament for a contender for Hikaru Shida's title, but it's going to be kind of an American people in the States versus People in Japan and the winner shall meet. Names for this tournament. Layla Hirsch, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, Tay Conti, Serena Deeb, Anna Jay, Riho on the American side. I guess she's stateside now. And Britt Baker. And then on the Japanese side, Emi Sakura, Yuka Sakazaki, uh, Mei Sagura, I believe is the name. I apologize if I botch any of these. Venny, Ro Mizuna, Rin Kadoku, Maki Ito, uh, who is just all personality. I've been watching her and I'm now fascinated by her and she should win the whole damn thing and be signed by this company that needs personality. Oh, and Aja mother effing Khan, who <laughs> should crush half these women, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on this tournament? It's, it's an interesting way to do it. They're going to do the Japanese half in Japan and, and apparently Sheeta is over there helping to produce. And then they're going to do the state side over here. Yeah, I think that probably what needs to happen is like Aja Kong wins the tournament. Like, so I really She's, feel like yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, I think the, the the point of this to me should be to debut another Japanese talent over on this roster. Uh, they've already this done. Maki with- Ito is is I, I she's a star. She's going to be a star. That, if then, put then her on I, no, but that's, that's, I think that this tournament should be a vehicle for, cause like, I mean, look, Thunder Rose is already a star. We know what we got with her. Uh, Britt Baker is a star. We know what we got with her. Nala Rose. We know what we got with her. Uh, Anna J. I think perhaps it's a bit early. Um, Layla Hirsch. I like Layla Hirsch. I think, I think she's, she's really intriguing. I don't know. It's the time to you know push her now. Um, I don't know. That there's any rush. Um, so I think that probably the best vehicle then is to take one of these Japanese stars and introduce us to them. I think so too. And I think, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what Riho does in this tournament too, because I know Kenny really likes Rio, even though I think Tony Khan has now taken over the booking of the whip. Rio is still kind of Kenny's pick in there. I, yeah, I look, I, <laughs> I love Aja Kong. I, I wouldn't mind Aja Kong versus Sheeta. I gotta be honest with you. 
I think that's a great pick. Yeah, and, and I think if, if Aja Kong wants to come over here and do a brief run, it's like the roster really could use a a, a monster heel who is not Nyla yes. Rose. Yes, I, I, I concur thoroughly. Uh, staying on the women real quick, th- any thoughts on Thunder Rosa and, and Britt Baker? Um, In what sense? Oh, you can say no. I just, I like, yeah, no, I liked the match. I thought it was kind of tough. I thought I, it was, yeah, I thought it was one of, uh, I thought it was one of Britt Baker's better matches. I gotta be honest with you. Um, oh, okay. I like, I like where Britt Baker's at right now. I, I, it didn't, I, yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was just there for me. Um, I, I don't know. Like it, it wasn't, yeah, I, I like Britt Baker and I like Thunder Rosa, but I, I don't know that it, this, I guess maybe the sum was not uh, as much as the individual parts for me. I I think I threw that at you. I'm, no, no, there's the, like there's the- that, but you know the other thing too, dude is I like I just feel like a lot of these pairings, you know, I'm like looking at the roster right now: Deeb, Baker, Conti, Rosa, Rose, Jay, Hirsch, and Riho. Like a lot of these top of the card championship pairings are kind of stale for me. Um, so I okay. I, I welcome. Yeah. I welcome new talent here. It's not necessarily because of any of the incoming people or any of the, you know, the incumbents or whatever. It's, it's just that like, I think, I think we've, we've tapped the trees on some of these pairings. I, I liked the Jade cargo video package. I know. Well, that you know what? Cause she didn't have any words to say. Exactly. But still it's protect the, or, no, dude, uh, no, protect the, the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, hide the weaknesses. Yeah. yeah, hide the weaknesses, protect yeah, and showcase the strengths. Yeah, it was it was something. Uh <laughs> number one, what was that jacket, my man, Tully You know I love me some Tully, but that jacket with the sparkling uh oh, man. on it. Oh man. What, what, that was straight uh, out of the JJ Dillon before the horseman collection. What the hell was that? Also we were talking about how you hadn't seen like Pulp Fiction in 15 years. If this doesn't end with Tony Khan buying the rights to stuck in the middle with you and them cutting off Marco Stunt's ear, I will be very disappointed. Okay, so Tully, <laughs> Tully needs to have a trailer, right? Like, like there, there needs to, he needs to have like like a like a shotgun shack and or a trailer where they've got Marco Stunt. Like he can't be a tour bus. Like I, I need. I need Tully to kind of be losing it too. I mean, that's the other thing is I, I thought the one thing that was the one thing that didn't make sense in this promo or the disconnect for me is so you once you take your Marco stunt hostage, I don't have a problem with that. But the backdrop is then like FTR, all three of them have to kind of be losing it, and I didn't think we really got that enough. Yes, we we we've, we've gone from competition to felony. Yeah, it's a big yeah. deal. Like. <laughs> And which is also why I think this it should have probably been Tully freelancing. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it shouldn't. <laughs> I, maybe the FTR guys didn't need to know about this. Although Marco's the guy you send the ransom letter, and they send it back on. Nah, keep him. <laughs> He's really annoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, jeez, guys, don't you want to pay the ransom? Don't you want to get me out of here? Come on, guys, don't you want to get me uh, out? Uh, gotta be, gotta be, gotta be honest there, uh, Marco, you know, <laughs> Jungle Boy and I, we're a better team. We're a little bit more over. You kind of get us in trouble every time you take on a role in this thing. 
But don't, don't you like the part uh, where I ride on your shoulders? I come out and I ride on your shoulders like a little kid? Uh, Isn't that uh, fun? I mean, it, you know. <laughs> well, well, you know, Jungle Boy rides on my shoulders and you come through my legs. I mean, that or around me. I, I guess that's okay. But really, you know, you're kind of a mascot. And, uh, no, I mean. But, but I could ride on your shoulders. That's, that's really what I'm getting at here. I don't, but I, but, but I could. a lot of money. <laughs> it's not a huge ransom. <laughs> <laughs> just, totally they sent the letter back and said keep him what <laughs> and then they just sent him to sean spears or something yeah where is spear that see that there's that there's another way they could have went with this totally could have outsourced this to sean spears and we could have cut away from that promo <laughs> and we could have seen the mohawk is the guy who's gonna kidnap somebody uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I you know I I don't know like I, I it, it it's I'm yes, I like kidnapping the feud, is more but yeah kidnapping is more a Sean Spears thing than a serious main event tag team thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's my thing on this. Um, Speaking of tropes in wrestling, the wedding of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, not without a couple of laughs in there. I liked the "What is Love" Hathaway reference. Yeah, I liked. I liked Miro saying, "We're not doing the if anybody objects thing." Other than that, it was a bit of a cluster. Yeah, I thought the finish to this was just an absolute mess. Um, yeah, <laughs> I like. I get the fake out, but like, Cassidy comes out of the cake. It's like I get that their heels and like they were abusing Charles Taylor. But, like, also, Miro was not really that big of a jerk to Taylor. And then, like, also, like, Taylor's gift to them had nothing in it. So, like, yeah, Miro trashed it, but, like, he trashed an empty box at the same time. Like, there wasn't, like, a... They forgot the beat where, like, it's revealed that there's something nice inside the box, and Miro's destroyed it. Um, it could have been Marco's stunt in that box. And it could. That's where Tully could be done. keeping him. Uh and that's a nice thing to give. On, you can have Marco stunt on a pole match, and then everybody just walks away because nobody wants to win this match. There are numerous possibilities here, Chris. Yeah, I, I, you know, and then you had Miro trying to establish himself a little bit as like a heel to Kip. Like, like that was weird. It, like the, the Kip and Penelope interaction was weird. Like the comedy kind of uh, missed there. As for the matches, the Battle Royal was a mess in many, many ways. I thought a little bit too many. I, I get they were setting up angles for later. I just thought it was messy the way they did it. The, you know, the the inner circle drama, somewhat intriguing. But the six man, pretty damn fantastic, I thought. Yeah, I, I liked the six man. Um, it, It's probably the most. Yeah, no, I, I, it was so well worked. Um. It's the most interesting have been, like, the Good Brothers in a minute. Uh, That's true, and also for me, a little bit of the, the Murder Hawk monster who wasn't doing it for me in AEW. I think he's talented. I just don't think the Jake pairing is working as it should. No. No. And and he's intriguing because he's, he's, he's a heel who's joining up with baby faces of various shades of... Of gray in some way, if you consider the death triangle baby faces. Yeah, and like the Good Brothers are this long-standing feud that justify him 
it gives him a good angle to become a babyface, and I actually think that Archer's kind of almost more interesting as a babyface in a weird way. Like, uh, yeah, the, you know, you know the comp is while Bill Hickok. Yeah, the the monster babyface is kind of an underappreciated thing, but you have to be careful with that. See Braun Strowman, see Sid on his runs as a babyface, like. Monster baby faces get over really, really quick. And then you got to think of something to do with them other than destroy your heels. And oftentimes it just kind of becomes, uh, and then they turn heel or something to that effect. Yeah. Because they never want to belt these guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, Archer's good enough that you could belt them if you needed to. I guess so. Yeah. You know, you know, it's not like if, if you told me you were taking the belt off of Kenny Omega and putting it on Lance Archer, I think I'd be excited. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, are you here for Sting and Darby versus Team Taz? <laughs> this I think this interaction s- still works. Um, yeah. Sting is doing a lot of talking. Uh, I, it, doing it's too been, much talking. Uh, I agree. <laughs> um, I, 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 but I, I also was going to say that the talking has been going better. And and yes. one thing that you know, like obviously certain skills or whatever as a wrestler kind of diminish with age, but like sometimes, you know, you get better at certain things and like sting God, he went from being like a below average promo to like, he's now, yeah, he's a good promo now. He's, he's, he's like fun. Goldberg had aged into his promos too. Sting yeah. Has decided he's finally has a personality and has started this. And now he's, <laughs> he's gone from strong silent type to strong, too gregarious type. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost too much going on with sting, it, but like, I am, um, yeah. No, I, I, I still, I'm still vibing on Sting. Uh, but yeah, he's talking a little too much. Anything else from AEW? Uh, I, no. I, I mean, this is like, it's kind of a weird show this week. Jim Ross is terrible. Let's yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Don't no. He, he, I, I understand what he's done for this business, but he is bad on this show, and I just can't get over. I'm sorry. He, he, I know this he disappoints people when I do this. Actively like shades the product though. It, it, yes, it's, it, it's still making fun of the picture-in-picture thing. You could hear the sarcasm dripping on the. Oh, it's a restaurant quality picture-in-picture company. Like he done. For- well, he thinks he's being whimsical, but his delivery is curmudgeon. That's oh, what yeah. I think the problem is here. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think th- he thinks he's. Yeah, he thinks he's being way. I mean, he thinks he's being upbeat, clever about this, and he just comes off as eh. <laughs> here's the, here's the picture in picture, and picture in picture sucks. I I I I I, maybe I agree. I, yeah. Okay. I I wasn't sure if I if we were not on the same side on this, but like I I hate it. Like it's hard to watch, and, and the it way takes me out of the match takes me out of the match. I tend to look away. I take I tend to like to use that break for other things. And I will look away, and if something exciting... This is why I like watching NXT on the network. Speaking of which, uh, I don't have a lot of thoughts for NXT UK, because I kind of went through it, but I do love two things that that, that were on it. Uh, I loved the Hunt promo. Th- this match is going to be 12 stars minimum, if they if uh, if they do it right. Uh, but, like, see, I'm with NXT UK, fight. you don't have to... Like, there, you don't... I can't... I'm not going to just make fun of you on that, because, like, NXT, the thing is, when there's no oversight in WWE product, oftentimes you can be pleasantly surprised. See, Ilya Dragunov and Walter turn in a five-star match last year. I howled at the Jordan Devil Open Challenge because the whole story of Trent Seven 
And Jordan Devlin is, here's this chubby guy trying to lose weight and the fattest dude <laughs> in NXT. And look, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I love me some Dave Mastiff. He's a human wrecking ball. He's great. But having Dave Mastiff answer the challenge, I, I roared at that. It's, it's such a perfect heel move that I'm going to fight this guy who's a little on the heavy side. So to train for that, I'm going to fight the heaviest guy there. I, and of course, it, but it also makes all the 205 guys cowards. Oh, that's, oh, that's NXT. That's later. Never mind. Uh, yeah, no, it, yeah. It, it, it's just, what is Jordan Devlin? I, 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 from week to week, I can make this he's weird. He's just a prick. I, I know, I know. That's and I know he he's booked as a heel. Like I know, but I can continue to make a narrative case using textual support that week in, week out, Jordan Devlin is essentially an underdog baby face in a way. Yeah. He, he talks himself into fights that his butt can't uh, get him out of. But sometimes, yeah, but, 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 but then he, and then he fights his way out of it. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's an underdog heel baby face. Working from underneath I, and being guys bigger than him. He finished his match with a 450 splash. Like, that's yeah. a babyface finish. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but I don't want him to cheat either. Well, no, but like, okay, I, I guess normally he uses the Devlin side, which is much closer yeah, to the much closer to heel thing. And like, yes, Dave Mass is a heavier guy, but we've seen Devlin then use like a top rope assisted Devlin side for a bigger guy like that. Like, he finished this with a flashy top rope cruiserweight move um and Nina, your girl nina samuels finishing matches like it's 1975 with a loaded purse hell yeah <laughs> get him nina uh, yeah let's let's put zaya brookside in that match why she's a star it, it's oh, so it's so Riddle's no no zaya zaya is getting better i like i i i've I think that the like the look is a little bit more uh, mature. I think it works better for her too. Um, I, I she's showing some more personality. Like no, she she's advancing. Like I don't get me wrong. I do like Nina, and I think Nina it has like that Billy K. Like I still remember the whole when she went to like the festival or whatever, and she got covered in mud. Oh, which the mud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I like no Nina's got that Billy K. level personality. Um, and we regret to inform you that Ginny and Joseph Connors are still. Oh man, I, I I almost took screen caps and sent them to you to troll you uh, when I was watching this. If just like Ginny doing like the hand gesture at Joseph Connors and like the pep talk at the end of this, where oh yeah, no beautiful stuff. I okay, you know I like uh, I like squash guy Josh Morrell. Squash Morrell, I'm into him. Yeah, yeah, I, I dug him. Our new Jack Stars. Yeah, no, <laughs> yes, yeah, Squash Morrell, I'm into it. Oh, Joseph Connors. Why why must you ruin my television experience? I enhance uh, it is what I'm hearing. Um You you can eat yeah, it. Uh, Don't troll me. Okay, what uh, last week Shea Samuels or Shaw Samuels, he's getting interaction with Gnome Dar, and we're going one way where he is gonna be a cocky talky dick. Um this week it's like I'm a butcher. My grandpa was a butcher. I'm a scary oh man. God. Like I had blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> it, it's just it, I, it, two different directions, y'all. You know what that is? That is they're sending pictures of NXT UK guys to Stamford and going, what do you think? And somebody looks at him and goes, he looks like a butcher. Oh, well, let's make him a wrestling butcher then because we don't have any of those in wrestling. 
You not, literally got a guy named Tyson Tebow. You could give him the butcher yeah. gimmick. <laughs> it's right there. Tyson Tyson Tebow and Shaw He shows up. He shows up with pork chops. He throws a Vanilla Dragon off. Oh, they're the new New Day. Just, he's throwing <laughs> pork, pork chops, chops into rock. The audience. Pork yeah. chops rock. Yeah. Chops rock. <laughs> oh God! Don't give ideas. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, that's just that was I had blocked that out of my memory, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so let's bizarre. finish. Okay, let's. Oh, and Mako Satamura is here for murder death next week. Oh yeah, I'm into that. That's and gonna I be don't fun. Care. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care who it is. I hope it's someone. I just random British I, young. It's gonna be one of the young ones. It's gonna be like uh, the French guy, bring uh, Mel. Bringing candy, bringing candy floss. Yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh no, candy floss would be a beat. great job person for this. Yeah. Yes, bring her. Don't don't give me Zaya or or the woman who thinks she can fly or Eva Valkyrie. Actually, have her beat. Uh, you know, honestly, yeah. okay, so. Yeah, I, I'm not super high on Eva Valkyrie either, but um, Eva Valkyrie wouldn't be a bad first feud because they built up yeah. Eva or Ifa or I, I forget how her, I, I feel like it's Eva, but they built her up enough that I think that it would be a good debut feud before Mako goes on to face whoever she's actually going to face. Kaylee Ray, I am here for this. Yeah, I'm very here much here for this. for this. I am here for this. Yeah. Have her kill. Whoop guy. <laughs> I like, okay, we we forget we we need to talk about the heroes of world wrestling entertainment, intergender wrestling. The the Mount Rushmore of intergender wrestling in the new millennium here. James Ellsworth, Sammy Mollie, Randy Orton, uh you know, men like these. Uh and Xavier Woods looking oh. to join in with them. Uh our our truth our truth Alicia Fox. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Men such as these. Here uh, NXT was interesting, I thought, in, in some ways. Uh, let, let me get the bad out of the way before we start the good. Or at least, uh, what are they doing? Edge was also on this show. Edge was all, all over this show. God, yeah. I didn't understand it. Both Kurt Stallion and MSK's promos, someone needs to be fired for those. I'm sorry. That MSK promo was one of the worst things to do for those two. We're here having fun and making Michael Jackson and Tito jokes. That oh. was Michael Jackson and Tito. These kids were born like after 9-11. They're talking about Tito Jackson. Tito Jackson. <laughs> Tito. Michael Jackson. Tito. Is, yeah, Tito. Like, 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 no, I mean, the Jackson 5, like, those references worked 20 20- 25 years ago, but Michael Jackson's public perception is very different than the middle of the 1990s. I mean, even then it was starting to go downhill. Um, but like the Tito Jackson references are so dated. Cause like no one even remembers that Tito Jackson tried to have a solo career at this point. There's going to be a lot more to complain about than I remember. Uh, and that Kurt Stallion promo. I, <laughs> You take he all your money promo. and you go down to your local bookie. Use my bookie, um, and, and you bet you bet on Kurt Stallion because tonight I'm bringing it home, and making everyone proud. A lot of us have not been watching 205 Live, so we don't know the Kurt Stallion story. But he gives this promo, then he goes in there, he gets he he didn't get any offense. It, it was really. not a competitive a match. I know that was the no. thing that blew my freaking mind on this. Is it like? 
he delivers this classic, like, uh, cla- classic, like, you know, old school. I'm a baby face with heart. Usually what this presage is, is, yeah, the dude's going to lose, but he's going to look good in the loss. And then he goes in there and, like, has, like, a, I don't know, like a 75-25 match. Leon Ruff gets more offense in his matches than Kurt Stallion did. Mm, and Leon Ruff really looked good on this show this week. <laughs> I have a dread in my in in the pit of my stomach, Chris, because while I am somewhat intrigued by Karrion Cross versus Legato Del Fantasmo, specifically the champion whose name I'm blanking on right now. Uh, El Ijo Del Fantasma. We call him Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar, thank you. I could not remember his I, I, gimmick th- th- name. Th- I, they gave him such a generic name. Like, they, you know, just like uh, Pablo's Escobar, but like, you know, he's El Hijo de, you know, the San, the San or whatever, so he's Santos. Yeah. That said, Santos Escobar backing down, not good. No! Did not like that and at also, all. And also, here's my fear, Chris, is that we're going to be in WCW 96 territory here where the cruiserweights are going to be fed to the big guys so that the big guys can be look look good. As opposed to, it's somewhat intriguing that El, the Legato Del Fantasma or whatever, I'm screwing up that name probably. No, you got that is, right. Uh, you got that right. Oh, I got that right? Yeah. Okay. Are, you, are, are framing people with the tarot cards or trying to eschew, you know, things like that. That's kind of cool. I want to see Santos Escobar cocky badass versus carrying cross angry badass i am here for that kind of thing that that quick in the dead style you know nobody's really good here but it's gonna be a fight because they're just two guys on a collision course instead i get santos escobar running away from carrying that takes all the intrigue out of this match because the way you're presenting Karrion Cross, and this is the way he should be presented, um, but it's it's just narratively where the guy's at. When you juxtapose him to Santos Escobar, Escobar's a smaller guy. He is the cruiserweight champion, with uh, uh, Karrion Cross being the former heavyweight champion. He is the natural underdog. So when the underdog powders, there is no intrigue here unless... The underdog somehow finds a way to beat Karrion Cross, and I'm dumbfounded by the idea of Santos Escobar beating Karrion Cross. I think that would be that would be a mistake. But I also think that like that's a better move um, than feeding him to Karrion Cross. Because once you do that, all the all the air is out of the Santos Escobar balloon. The aforementioned Legato Del Fantasma. Uh, beating the Lucha House Party. That was a fun match. I like that match. I like that match. That I was think, a lot of fun. I'll tell you, the, the, the tag wrestling uh, has been a lot of fun. I, I thought uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Cade Carter and Casey Catanzaro, that was a good little match. That was fun. I did not expect that. I did not expect, although it now makes sense because it looks like it's going to be uh, Shotzi and ember moon in the finals with them because i expect them to beat candace and indy but i thought this was gonna be a showcase for caden and, and yeah and uh kate uh, and, and like but yeah, you gotta be- pull the trigger on those two at some point and i just like i don't 
I they they had a good match. I'm I am baffled that you're not having Caden and Casey win. Like that's Dakota Kai in this match again, just a, a ragged. Her toughness is underrated because she took she took a dropout to I believe the apron at one point. There was she took the brunt of that of that hit from Casey coming off the the tower. She is sneaky tough. <laughs> that Dakota Kai and and she doesn't get enough credit, but yeah, she was a workhorse in this match too. I, I, uh, she's, I like this combination a lot. I, I wish they'd kind of go back to them being partners as opposed to two singles wrestlers, but I know we're going to put over Raquel huge. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Champa and Thatcher and the undisputed era was, 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 was some manly, manly wrestling for a while there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, as I said earlier, I like I like the tag stuff. Um, I, yeah, no, no further. Was not expecting that either because I thought the undisputed era for sure was going to be going on. But uh... I'm looking forward to Thatcher and Ciampa versus the Grizzled the Young Veterans, and I liked I liked the way they did the sign off in the sense that like it's yes. it's too predictable to have them just squaring off, and Tommaso Ciampa totally would just hit him. So I liked that. And I, of course, and of course, Zach Gibson's gonna come out and say something. Yeah, because that's so Zach Gibson. Yeah, and it makes Zach Gibson look. Yeah, and I like that a pull apart actually worked. That's yeah. the other thing that doesn't get talked about enough is you know competent security and referees keeping guys apart so that we want to see it later because that's the thing that drives me. WWE pull aparts are so fake i I hate him i i've always been a big fan of the undertaker brock pull aparts that are like done to a cartoonish level and people thought those were (laughs) awesome but i like i used to like laugh at them because they're almost like slapstick you have like you know 50 guys on screen and like brock lesnar and the undertaker tossing them all to the side yeah no i i am looking forward to the finals of this there will be a takeover on valentine's day next sunday we'll do our preview next weekend uh, I have no other thoughts that are relevant because I want to end on that high note. Uh, any other thing from you? Kind of, kind of liking the idea of Jesse Kamea and Aaliyah paired together. <laughs> oh, damn I- it! Damn it! I didn't want to talk about Kamea. That's what I was trying to avoid. I- she looks so bad in this match, and she looked dumb because Mercedes comes in there with a dumb run in. You know. <laughs> She's beating up Tony, and it and it's like, hey, this is my match. Get out! She just gets killed. I the one thing I liked is when she tried to get back into the ring, and Robert Stone or Leah pull her down from the ring. Like, I, I are you stupid? Get back here! I, 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 I like. Look, I like Kamea is tall, and Aaliyah is small, and I like the visual juxtaposition of those two. That together. should be their name. Tall, tall and, and small. small. Yeah. <laughs> They, you know, I, I, I oh. like, look, the, you know, sizes and varieties are an important thing. I'll, I'll, I'll come up. I liked the, uh, whatever this Karen Q character is going to be the Oren Ishi type backstory. Uh, oh, okay. You, I dug you, the animation. Uh, the, animation the animation was cool. I don't know if I, I don't know if I dig the fact that we're going to have a supernatural, another supernatural character. In NXT, this like narrative is super complicated, old. right? Like, like that was the thing I was thinking. It's like, my God, is she a Highlander. I know. I, like, how much backstory? Like, normally there's like no backstory. In this case, I have to like you know study the Han Dynasty. I love Karen Q. I think she can pull this off. I think she has great personality. She has great comedy chops. I'm interested to see her play an intense, dramatic character. I just don't want Japanese samurai zombie character. 
Although, give me Karen Q and Zia Lee as two ass-kicking women who just murder death people, other than maybe Kate Carter and Casey, because I, I fear that's going to be the first two. They can murder death uh, uh, Jesse Camilla. How about that? That's who I want them to kill. I want them to kill Jesse Camilla, and then we can make Camilla come back and join the stable, and then she'll just be part of every gimmick. How about that? Uh, how many gimmicks <laughs> is, this, is this poor woman going to work throughout the course of her career here? Well, she's tall, so they keep giving her chances. And I, I, I think she's a sweetheart. It's just... <laughs> she has to be going, what the hell do I have to do to, to get on week to week right now? I, I guess this Robert Stone thing might work. I, I, I mean, honestly, like, the Stone thing, in order for the Stone thing to work, he needs more than Aaliyah. Um, and Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes Martinez was a good fit if they had done, like, the angle that you and I were talking about, where, like, Mercedes yeah. is basically just making Robert do all her paperwork for her because she can't stand doing paperwork. Um, that, that, yeah, that's, that would speak to my soul uh, on, a, on a deep core level. Um, but, like, I, I think Kamea is closer to the level of star that Robert Stone's character needs in order to work with and really kind of advance the gimmick versus, and Aaliyah, like I like Aaliyah and I think she's got personality, but I also think like Aaliyah probably works better on the outside of the ring, helping, helping whoever the star act is win matches. Look, she's not zombie. (laughs) She's not the zombie Zombie referee. Samurai, uh, zombie samurai Yakuza boss. (laughs) Karen Q. Yeah, I. It's like, man, this animated thing is cool, but wait a second, is she hundreds of years old? Uh, remember <laughs> when when Beth? Okay, there there are a couple other things from NXT. I love this week. Oh no, it's a zombie referee. But yeah, Beth Beth has a sense of humor though about this stuff, and like I I now I now get Beth's sense of humor better, and I get when she's like taking a whiz on the show. Um, and there is the one line where she screams at Vic, am I really supposed to believe that this person is thousands of years old? Uh, <laughs> which, which was very, very funny. Now, hold on. Do you think she got a talking to backstage about that line? Uh, I, I don't know. I, cause I don't know how closely, like. I don't know how closely this. I mean, that's that's very close. That's very close to in was it OVW when Santino Morella got slapped by Jim Coronet for for not acting scared enough at the boogeyman gimmick. Yeah, it, it's very close to that. Well, you know what she would have gotten to talking to if she'd actually broke busted up on this is when they were doing the intro for Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro and Beth almost like burst out laughing when she reads what they lack in size they make up for in heart <laughs> she has a list of lines in front of her I know I like, these yeah, you, can, you can hear the what the hell is this crap that I'm reading in her voice as she was reading that line but she almost she almost corpsed when she was doing that line and I, I mean my, my, my I get favorite it. thing my favorite thing and the thing it, it annoys me but now I find it funny is You'll be at, at like the high point of of adrenaline for this match, and Vic's trying to keep it short, and and uh, and and Stu uh, Wade Barrett is is trying to keep it short and sweet, and, and and Beth has to say something. 
they're really expounding the bounds of sports entertainment with their athleticism or something something just remotely just what the f are you talking about right it's it's brick handlin on steroids yelling random absurdities and have now come to appreciate that they make her say the most she gets fed crap and wordy it's like, thing she it, gets fed crap and it, she has to yell it at the most inopportune time and i'm howling at it i i know i and she's in on the joke and i've now i've really come around to this where i'm like i'm like i'm with you beth i like i i think this is a there's a beast in the east situation for for those who remember this show where like if beth was allowed to just like call a show like a normal human being, it'd probably be just fine. Um, like when Michael, I just want what a random literary moment where it's it's a big move. It's like oh a superplex. Oh, that you got all of that one right there. And then Beth yells something. This is like the scene in Lord of the Flies where Piggy's glasses break and then he, they lose all clarity as a point and then they become anachronistic. Just so as you know, in the Brothers Karamazov, Alyosha speaks to the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> <laughs> this is like in Watership Down when they escape the Shira, General Woodward, and all his troops come. <laughs> just, just random literary things for me to, for me as an Easter egg. Just give me that, that kind of absurdity. I, I, I like how Barrett oh. will get disgusted with stuff and just be like, "All right, back to the action in the ring." <laughs> Barrett's become too much of a ham on this show for me. To yeah, really uh, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> it, and it's too bad because like. He he was, he was like he's fallen into generic uh, heel. Yeah, I know. And speaking he, of which, by the way, whose dumb idea was it for Jerry Lawler to call the women's rumble? Oh, I, I know, right? Yeah, it's the, sa- the, the same thing. guy who brought Hulk Hogan back for Black History Month. Very, very true. Yeah, Wade. Wade uh, I like Wade Barrett, but again, he he's in a Beth situation. They want him to play up the heel thing, as opposed to kind of being slightly heelish yeah if he could just and like Stu bennett knows how to do this like, like it's he's getting yes. sta- he's getting stage direction on this but like it'd be great yes, if, this is not Stu bennett this is wade barrett yeah if he was just <laughs> slightly heelish and playing off a of bait beth who was the slight baby face and they could establish like a rhythm and or, or like a little repartee and they play off of vic like i i don't think the booth the talent on the microphone is not the problem with the call team in the booth at this point. It's the sports entertainment part of it. Yeah. And, and the post Mauro Our- Ronaldo, we need to micromanage this thing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and even Nigel in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's all the time we're going to give for this show. We went a little long. We apologize. We kind of got a little... I will goofy, never apologize silly. for going long on the Voices of Wrestling you podcasting get- network. I view it <laughs> as, as a privilege and honor and a bit of a societal mandate. So Hawkins issued you an apology. You owe me an apology. And no, I'm not going to take it from Hawkins. you got to give me your own specific apology. <laughs> I just remember Rob wanted to keep the show under an hour at all times. Well, Rob owes uh, me an apology, too. <laughs> you, you can follow us. I'm at Crap Game 13 He's at DWATG, short for Don't Worry About the Government. If that's easy to remember, if you just want to follow when the episodes drop, follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Yes, we kid because we care. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Network. Listen to the flagship Listen to Everything Elite, Music of the Mat, Five Star Match Game, Open the Voice Gate. All you know, if you 
If you like those niche promotions that AEW does that Chris has never heard of, we probably have a show or a column yeah, on the website about it. Yeah, it's a big ball promotion it. that works out of Joey's Garage. It's, it's a good promotion. <laughs> uh, Chris, tell them about Don't Worry About the Government. Hey, Don't Worry About the Government. It's a podcast. <laughs> you're listening to podcasts. That means you're probably in the market sometimes for new stuff. And, and if you want to hear Don't Worry About the Government... You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm, I'm at DWATG. Oh, was there a show recently? Good question. There was. Um, and on that show, I had Matt Lewis, who is an editor over at the Daily Beast. He does the TV news thing. If you like TV news, it's okay. Um, but he does all that stuff, too. And he writes columns in various places. And we talk about a number of things. The Capitol riots, the State of the Republican Party. If those are things that interest you, uh, go and check it out. Don't worry.tv, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, and you know, really just every great podcast feed in America. This is like the unabridged version of the stand where they, 